1: every week by my co-host of kyle ricky where we bring you short track racing news across the country and internationally and this time of year well we start to run out of things to talk about because we've crowned champions across the country across the coast and of course uh, at your local short track but this upcoming weekend kyle the arco west series it's finally time to crown their champion out at phoenix they'll kick off the festivities And uh, for the first time in a long time, you know, we have not one, not two, but realistically six to seven drivers that have a title shot.
2: Yeah, the Arizona Lottery 100 for the ARCA West in Phoenix. And the top five in points are separated by six points. Uh, Jesse Love has a one-point lead over Paul Petron Shelley. Jake Drew, third in points, three points back. Joey East is fourth, five points back cole moore is fifth in the championship standings six points back and it, it anyone can win because of the car count and we talk about every position is worth a point well if you have a bad opening lap and you're one of those guys you could finish potentially 36 because there are 36 cars on the entry list i know we we talked uh, the last uh, couple of weeks about some of the east drivers and some of the arkin series drivers making the trek west and uh the driver that we're going to talk to here in a little bit, Ty Gibbs, is going to be one of them. He won the Ark Art Series race there back in the spring, looking to to double down. Uh, Drew Dollar, Gracie Trotter, Nick Sanchez, Daniel Dye, Taylor Gray, just a few of the names that are on a very impressive entry list for this Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That even opens up for you know a couple others in points. Trevor Huddleston, like you said, is yeah. 15 back. Todd Souza is 26 back. But with the car count, statistically, it is possible for those two to also have a shot at the championship. So going to be very interesting to watch. Going to be an exciting race. Always is kind of for that final race at Phoenix. Because, again, you get a lot of the guys that uh, have finished their East or their Menard Series seasons, and then they want to go out to race out in Phoenix. So 3 p.m. on Saturday will kick things off on NBC Track Pass. MRN will also have lap-by-lap coverage, so you can tune in there as well. You mentioned Daniel Dye. Just some quick news there. He did go ahead and announce – He will be racing for the Arkham Menard Series Championship with GMS next year. So change of teams for Daniel Dye going for that full-time championship. Uh, And we will have Ty Gibbs on after the break to talk about his Arkham Menard Series Championship that he uh, crowned at Kansas. But, of course, we've got your iRacing update presented by Logitech G. We want to send a big congratulations again to Keegan Leahy. He won his first E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series Championship this year with a total purse of more than $300,000 in play for the season. Kyle, I think you and I, I think we're in the wrong business. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Leahy took home the championship share of $100,000 by taking the checkered flag. The championship was the first for 2311 Racing, who concluded their first season in the series. 2311 also clinched the team championship. You can go to iRacing.com for all of the latest news, featured videos, and more information on the world of iRacing. This iRacing update is brought to you by Logitech G. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with Ty Gibbs.
3: Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheeland product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1915. 19- 1952
4: Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to end-game simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing simulation to another level. Go to LogitechG.com.
1: Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast here on the Motor Racing Network. We talked about the ARCA West Series crowning a champion this upcoming weekend, but the ARCA Menards Series crowned their champion a few weeks ago at Kansas, and that champion of Ty Gibbs joins us now on the guest line. First off, Ty, congratulations on that championship. Has it set in that you are the ARCA Menards champion yet?
5: Yeah, you know for sure it's been uh, it's been super cool to be able to you know experience being a champion. This is the first time I've you know been one in my career, so it's uh, it's really special you know to me and and my whole organization. They've been chasing it for you know a, a good amount of time the last couple of years. So to be able to get it feels it feels awesome.
2: We talk all year. Uh, it's a twenty race schedule, one of the most diverse schedules in motorsports: road courses, short tracks, super speedways, dirt tracks, intermediate tracks. You had one finish. Outside of the top four all year, and that was with the incident at Talladega, outside of that, you were, for the most part, on the podium or one spot off. How? What is the key to that consistency with all of those different type of racetracks and you've adapted so well?
5: Yeah, I know. I feel like just, you know, like you said, just trying to be consistent, um, I feel like that's the biggest key. You know, when you're championship racing is – uh it's it's definitely really hard you know you, you're it's hard to or it's easy to be the rabbit chasing but when you're you know when you're the bunny or you're you know the carrot you're you're sitting out front and you got to be able to defend and I feel like that's the biggest you know part of being consistent and, and I feel like that's what's you know helped me learn a lot about you know racing for a championship in this kind of way
1: yeah and that's definitely something that we're seeing come into play of course uh at the higher levels of NASCAR right now being able to withstand that pressure of championship racing that being said, midway through the season, Kyle and I seem to talk about it each and every week. At one point, it was you, then Corey Heim, then you, then Corey Heim. Was there ever kind of a moment in your mind where uh, there was a little bit of concern racing for this championship?
5: Yeah, you know, I mean, after I feel like we got we got moved for the win at Elko, I feel like that was, uh, I was kind of concerned, you know, I was like, is this how we're going to race? And I feel like, you know, kind of after that, I feel like just, keep my head down and, and trying to get as best finished as as I can I think that was the biggest thing that's helped me kind of get through that um you know I feel like we were really strong at places where we you know they weren't strong on teammates and places where they did have teammates I helped so you know it was kind of a good battle I feel like I learned a lot for myself but it, it was nice to you know beat and win the championship.
2: Well, we talked about the points and the battle with you and Corey every other week, it seemed like throughout, especially the summer months, June, July, August that flip flopped quite a bit. Are you one to sit down and, and, and analyze points week to week?
5: Not really. I just, I mean, I know, I, I, feel like, you know, it's good to know, you, you know, know how much you're up by or down by it, but I feel like just going out there and, and like I said, just working during the week and do the best you can in the weekends is, you know, the biggest key to success. I feel like in these events, you know, and, and kind of this code racing still. So Um, You know, I feel like just, you know, taking time to work hard at it. I feel like, you know, your best chance to win.
1: Speaking of keys to success, you know, we often talk to drivers that are balancing schedules with super late models and maybe some truck starts or, you know, super late models and ARCA. But you had a schedule that consisted of balancing ARCA and Xfinity, which I would say are probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, two of the more similar cars in the instance of balancing. Do you feel like the success that you kind of had in ARCA projected you to a little bit more instantaneous success in Xfinity?
5: You know, I feel like that, I feel like for sure on that, I feel like, you know, running a super light model, I'm a, when I'm in a big car and I'll never run any straight roll car for the rest of my life. I don't think that would help me out one bit. So I feel like for me, I don't, I feel like that'd be a waste of my time. I feel like just getting into something I'm always be in for the rest of my life. Hopefully, you know, I feel like that's the biggest key and, and a, the bigger, heavier cars, which I hadn't had as much experience in. Um, I feel like that was the biggest key, just getting as much experience I can. So being able to run the arc and Xfinity, you know, they're downforce wise are not really close, but you know the way the chassis are, I feel like are are pretty close. So you kind of have a kind of a feeling for it. So I feel like that was the biggest, you know, biggest thing for me, just to be able to get more time and you know something heavier, not not too light.
2: Did your early and and now frequent success in Xfinity, including a win just a couple of weeks ago in Kansas, did it surprise you at all with how? deep the competition is in the Xfinity series?
5: Uh, you know, it definitely surprised me for sure. You know, it was nice to be able to, you know, for my on my first win, uh, it was nice to be able to go and win that one. And then after that, that I feel like we were competitive for the next couple of weeks because I think we finished second, then we were fifth. So we were, like, really competitive. And I feel like, you know, we could be able to go out and have chances to win, and we did. And to be able to have four wins in the Xfinity series is, you know, mind-blowing for me, and, and I'm not full-time. So it's super cool to be able to, you know, have that. And I'm, I'm thankful and blessed for it.
1: And Kyle kind of mentioned it. Of course, the statistics from your ARCA series starts are in some instance, kind of mind blowing. And then to back that up with your success in the Xfinity series, you know, were there any challenges or was there anything that you kind of maybe felt was a a hindrance or something that you really focused on working on this year?
5: Uh, I feel like the biggest thing was just, um, just keeping my head down. I feel like, you know, you're going to have a lot of people, you know, saying stuff or you're going to be raised different ways sometimes. So I feel like, just doing my own thing, my own program, just trying to focus on, you know, making my craft better and, and be able to win, you know, as much as I can. I feel like that was you know, the biggest thing I learned. Um, and I feel like it, it paid off.
2: I feel like you have an army of people there at uh, JGR that you can lean on, go to, get some advice. Who were some of those folks that you were able to go to during the year and, and, and you know, you trust and, and lean on the most?
5: I feel like, you know, I've had a great group of people around me and, you know, I have close people that work with me. I feel like, you know, they've helped me out a lot. Joe Crowley and Billy Phelps, I feel like, you know, those are two people that go with me every weekend to the racetrack. So they've helped me out a lot. And, you know, driver wise, you know, I've had asked a couple of questions, but not really too much on that. I think just more me studying off of, you know, film and watching stuff and watching, you know, what people do or, you know, what their plays are.
1: And it was cool to of course see the success, uh Sammy Smith at Bristol, yourself with the win, JGR and your guys' kind of ARCA team, uh, really, really making waves. Turning the focus to next year. What kind of is the focus? What are the goals next year?
5: Uh, I feel like for next year, you know, and we're in the works of still figuring stuff out. Um, you know, and I hope our ARCA, you know, program is be able to go and win again. Um uh, I feel like next year, just trying to, like I said, hopefully we're running for some championship. I'd like to drive different things. Um, and there's a bunch of different things I would love to do. I feel like the, the biggest key is, is just winning. Um, and I feel like if we can kind of do what we did this year, I feel like we'll, we'll be good next year.
2: How has life, I guess, changed for you? I mean, you're a full-time stock car driver. You're you're running for national championships, uh, not only in ARCA, but you're winning races in Xfinity. That's a lot of travel. That's a lot of... You mentioned Joe a moment ago, probably a lot of appearances and sponsors type stuff. I mean, is it everything that that you anticipated coming into this season?
5: I mean, I feel like for me and, and my plan, I feel like I can't anticipate anything. You know, it's not my plan. It's God's plan the whole program. So, you know, I'm just along for the ride and I, I really enjoy all of it. I'm very thankful and blessed. Like I like I said before. I feel like, you know, there's stuff I've been learning, just kind of getting older and, and doing different things. So but you know, for sure, it's it's awesome having my time on the track. But you know, I, I have my time at home and with my family, and you know, my um, my close personal things, my friends. So, uh, you know, I, I it's a good good way to balance. I feel like you know, I've learned how to balance it, and I feel like that's been uh, you know really nice for me to be able to kind of learn how to you know handle handle that.
1: It's definitely been fun to watch. And again, you know, Kyle and I, each and every week, I feel like we uh, age ourselves when we talk about the accolades <laughs> of some of these young drivers. And then we talk about your guys' ages, and it is – it's absolutely insane to think about. But, Ty, it's been so much fun to watch your success, now a champion, you know, within the record books of ARCA, NASCAR, and, you know, we're looking forward to seeing what you, uh, what you get to do next year.
5: Thank you, Hannah. Thanks for letting me come on, guys. It's been – it's always fun to come on. Good
1: luck with awesome Phoenix this weekend.
5: weekend. Thank you. Yeah. I'll see you.
1: A big congratulations once again to Ty Gibbs, your 2021 Arkham Menards Series champion. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we've got the NASCAR wheeling
3: with his own nicotine pouches. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheeland product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since nineteen.
4: Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower? Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to
0: fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your
2: best. Get back to NASCAR roots by driving headfirst into the new home of grassroots racing. Flow Racing keeps the original NASCAR tradition of dirt track racing roaring with more than 1,300 live and on-demand oval events from across the U.S. Learn how the next generation of NASCAR drivers is prospected in sprint car racing. Subscribe today by going to FlowRacing.com slash GoMRN. That's FLORacing.com forward slash GoMRN. Time now for another and Engineering Modified Driver Spotlight here on NASCAR Coast to Coast. And this week, we're going to talk to not only a driver, but also a promoter at the Stafford Motor Speedway. He wears multiple hats over the course of a race night at Stafford each and every Friday night throughout the summer months. David Arut joins us now. David, first off, thank you for joining us.
6: Yes, thanks for having me.
2: A, uh, a third-generation promoter, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But But first, growing up as a kid... At the racetrack uh what was it like for you i guess you probably had no choice but to be interested in short track racing at your family facility there in cent- uh, north central connecticut yeah it was
6: uh it's pretty much not that we we're forced to do it but there was no other no other no other childhood really besides racing and uh it's funny when i talk to my friends or my wife they always like bring up childhood memories of like going here going there i'm like no, it was just the racetrack. That's all we did. We, we came here on Fridays, worked as kids, came in on Saturday mornings, picked up garbage and went on for the next week. And, uh, it was, a, uh, it's awesome growing up here as a kid and seeing all the drivers and all, all the, the legends that grew, grew up here and where they are now and, uh, all the great racing over the years and just getting to know everyone here. And it's just, it's a uh, childhood that everyone that likes racing really wishes they could go through. And, uh, I would recommend it to anyone to go to a racetrack as a child and get involved, and it's awesome to grow up that way, You're getting so many friends here at the
2: races, and uh, it's just a great, great life. And I feel like all these years later, uh, watching you and your brother Paul, the garbage detail is still very much part of the job description.
6: (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately it still is, but we got to get it done and uh, get the place cleaned up
2: and ready, turned around for the next event. So you also drive at Stafford, and, and yep. for you, your career started uh, like I feel like everybody in the pits on Monday nights, part of the Wild Thing Carts program. Mm-hmm. How did you become involved? What got you interested in the driving aspect of it?
6: So uh, actually, when the go karts first started here, me and my brother weren't going to race. We were there. Uh, the go karts needed a place to race. After I think it was Kipsy shut down, um, and they came here, and me and my brother sat in the stands. This was. 15 years ago now, and we were watching them test, and we're like, oh, that's really cool, mom and dad. We wish we could do that. And, of course, they're like, oh, we don't want you to get involved with actually racing. We want you guys to just be with the promoters. Not They didn't say that back then, but – and then it turned into me and my brother sharing a go-kart, and it just tumbled downhill from there where we got two cars, three carts,
2: and just kept moving up the ladder from there. And talk about that progression for you. uh... Yeah. How much success did you find on Monday night? So then, what ultimately led to your transition to Friday night yeah. racing on the big track? So we—I uh, started off
6: in Junior Outlaws, and it was actually me and my brother, and we were teamed up with the Casagrani brothers too at the time. And I was just the worst driver out there; I couldn't even figure out how to not finish last every week. And uh, I wrecked a lot of stuff in go karts uh, every year I was in it. And I finally moved up to Senior Outlaws when I uh, had a Figured it out, kind of, and I got eight wins that year, won a championship, then moved up to the streets, the, then their stocks at the time, now street stocks. And from there, just kept moving up the ladder system from limited late models, SK Lights, and now into the SK Modifieds.
2: What brought you in the modified direction? Because your brother, Paul, uh, went and has, yeah. is still racing with Fenders. You know, he did the limited late models and now <laughs> has been in a late model for several seasons. You went the other route to so the open wheels. Uh, actually
6: I really enjoyed the full fender racing. Uh, I, I think I got 11 wins in the limited late models and I was close to winning a couple of championships and the night of the late model 50 before the race, me and my dad were talking about how I needed to move up. It has been four years in the limited people were starting to complain that I was winning too much and doing good. So we're like, Oh, let's move up to the late models. And that was the plan. And then the late model 50 went out and they had, It was 20 cars that race, and I think five finished. And we looked at each other like, we can't enter that. Like, we're going to get destroyed. We can't wreck cars every week. So that that night, we actually decided we're going to try open wheel. And that's when I uh, went SK Light racing and searched around for a while to find a car and actually went down to Waterford to test because that was a a great learning facility where you could get to know the car and possibly not have as much damage as wrecking here at Stafford.
2: You mentioned something a little bit ago about yep. people were complaining that you won too much. Is that something that you've had to, to to hear a lot over your career there? Because it is your family's racetrack. You're racing on property that your family owns, and, and now you're very much a part of. Is that something that you have to hear a lot now as the promoter? Well, it's uh... –
6: it's a difficult subject. Um, obviously with me and my brother racing and being the promoters, they all, everyone thinks that we have, uh, a favoritism and this we're doing better because we get better products or better parts and stuff. And it's difficult to play both sides of the table. Um, over the years, I've figured out ways to make it where I can focus more on racing just on that Friday afternoon and get all the promoting and the prep work done to the speedway prior to that. And that helped out a lot. Um, I'm not doing, I'm not out there winning SK races. Yeah, I'm close getting better, but the SK division being the premier division, you don't hear as much as the, much of that anymore because everyone knows all 25 cars that are here every Friday night, put the same amount of effort in working their tails off on the cars and back in the limited days, street stocks, late models, even SK lights, there was a lot of, uh, people not happy with, we had a lot of good finishes. They'd say we're, we cheating or we get favoritism and it's just tough to play that role. Cause it kind of beats you up as a racer too. When, you know, you put a lot of effort and people just kind of knock it down as a, Oh, you got handed that And over the years,
2: we figured out a way to overcome it and just get tough skin. That's all it is. <laughs> you mentioned you've been close to victory lane uh, on the podium yep. earlier this year. Uh, how would you kind of sum up your season thus far? Hard to believe we're just what four or five weeks to go here in, in your season. Yeah, it's uh, coming down to the wire real quick here, and only a few races left. But
6: this year, I'm really happy with how the year's gone. Uh, we made a lot of gains over this year with consistency, and that's what the biggest thing was coming out of uh, the winter. I just wanted to be consistent, be that guy that's fighting for the top five. I know you can't show up and win every race here. It's there's 25 guys that could win here every week, and just to be in the top five or the top 10 consistently you'll get to that point of the podium and potentially a win. And that's where we're at now, where last week I got a top five. The week before it was six. The week before it was seven. So we're, we're fighting with those those top ten cars, top six cars every week. And we're right there. Just need to need a little more every week. But we're figuring out a way to do it. And it, hopefully we could get one here pulling off and then that would be pretty
2: awesome. It is a true family affair there at the racetrack. Uh, your parents, your mom and your dad, your, your brother, your wife, all part of, yeah. of what goes on at Stafford every week. What's that like, uh, being able to, to work in a true family business? I think it's, uh, it's just rewarding to know that
6: we all work together to put out a product that so many people enjoy, not even that, that are just here at the Speedway on Friday nights. But that got to watch it on Flow Racing and to see all the people just talk about it on Twitter, Facebook, just emails, anything about how much they enjoy the facility for how much work we put in. It's really rewarding to see how we're all working together so well. Third generation. I mean, some people say that's when it starts to fall apart and everything, but it's been really good and we're real happy with how it's going. This year has been great. Yeah, there's been a couple hiccups here and there and the weather's been trying to fight us every week, but the whole family operation. It's 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 awesome to have it like that and keep it that way.
2: How challenging, and you just alluded to it, have these last two years been? Last year, COVID uh, derailed everything everywhere. Yeah. This year, we've heard a lot about you know who's your tire shortages. I mean, it's affected <laughs> short track racing across the country. Uh, how have you guys been able to overcome everything that's been thrown at you guys the last two years? Yeah. There's been a lot of curveballs,
6: and we were at a very low when COVID happened and we were shut down because this is, this is our business. Our income is Friday night racing and people coming through the gates. And when we couldn't do that, there was no income at the time. And we had to find ways to have enough income to keep the property going. I mean, there's still expenses here when we're not racing. Everyone knows that um, they don't know how much, but it, there's still a lot of expenses and we've figured out ways to go about getting income with, iRacing or selling apparel and luckily our customers our our fans supported us by buying the apparel buying going into iRacing doing these type of activities that helped us keep keep afloat really during COVID and then once we finally were able to work with the state that was huge opened back up and then the craziest thing was one year later after we opened post-COVID was an SRX event and it was just complete night and day of from the lowest of lows to the highest of highs of a packed facility, people enjoying themselves. And that was huge for us. And this year is just awesome. And we're, we're able to work around the curveballs, which is difficult, but we'll, we'll find a way.
2: Now, You guys have no doubt done a great job each and every Friday night. What's race day like for you as one of the guys behind the scenes that keeps that place running week in and week out. And then obviously you're running in, in the tracks, premier division and the SK modifieds. Uh, what is Every Friday, what's your schedule look like?
6: Yeah, it really starts Thursday. That's what I think. And preparing myself for the race night is the biggest thing. Getting everything in place facility-wise on Thursday. So come Friday morning, we don't have to worry about it. And getting my race car ready Thursday night and here on property. um, So then I don't have to worry about getting it here. But Friday morning, I get here around 6 and just start getting everything in place and checking everything, make sure everything's up and running, cleaning everything. Uh, It's just all over the place, really. And by the time two o'clock hits, I try to make sure everything is done and there's nothing we have to worry about. Um, And that's when I start to get in race car mode. But there's never really a time where it's no promoting anymore. There's always times where we have to jump out of both me and my brother. We have to jump out of our cars and go do something to help push the show along, help help complete the experience for the fans and that's it's difficult but at times it's it's entertaining it's fun i enjoy it and uh, that's
2: just like what we enjoy doing and it's all part of the business and it's going to be pretty easy when you know your full-time residence is right over what your left shoulder there behind <laughs> yeah, the back you can almost walk to the racetrack from yeah. from home David, as always, thanks for joining us here uh, on NASCAR Coast to Coast. And uh, best of luck to you guys these next four weeks as you wrap up the 2021 season. Yes, thank you for having me on. David Arute, our Will in Engineering Modified Driver Spotlight here this week on NASCAR Coast to Coast.
0: Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks.
4: Gamers, start your engines. Meet the next generation of racing wheels. The award-winning Logitech G design is re-engineered to dial into your game physics, delivering unprecedented realism. Feel every shift, drift, and hairpin turn like never before. Our latest innovation in force feedback technology connects directly to endgame simulation engines and physics to produce higher fidelity, real-time responses. Through design, engineering, and the love of driving games, Logitech G takes racing simulation to another level. Go to LogitechG.com.
3: Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights. Whelan also produces white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheeland product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on-site to meet the toughest industry certifications. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, trusted to perform since 1915.
2: Ride on our strength.
1: Welcome back to NASCAR Coast to Coast. Over the weekend, the All-American 400 took place at the Nashville Fairgrounds. Speedway, obviously one of the big key marker races in super late model races. And Kyle, it was a kid from my neck of the woods here in the Carolinas who got the job done two-time
2: Cars Tour champion, Matt Craig. Uh, first off, it took a while to get the weekend rolling uh, with rain on Friday, rain on Saturday. They did it all on Sunday and good for them to, to get it all complete at a decent hour as well. Uh, but Matt Craig held off uh, Jackson Boone, who's a two, or a multi-time pro late model champion at the National Fairgrounds Speedway, most recently in 2019. Uh, Derek Griffith, Carson Quapple, Willie Antlin rounded out the top five. Cole Williams, also a two-time track champion in the Pro Late Models, picked up the 100-lap Pro Late Model race uh, later, or I guess it was early in the day as the Super Late Models wrapped up the day with their 300-lap event. So a uh, great, uh, great, I was going to say race weekend, but a great race day at Nashville Fairgrounds Speedway on Sunday afternoon uh, for the All-American 400.
1: Well, we crowned our Pinty Series champion, the NASCAR Peak Mexico Series. They don't crown a champion until the first weekend of December. But over the weekend, the NASCAR Euro Series finally wrapped up their season again. There's our split. I'm almost going to call it two seasons. They take that summer break off. Um, So they were actually at NASCAR GP Italy, where they crowned their champion. Loris Hazeman was the pro champion. And Martin Dubeck, the NASCAR Euro Series 2 champion.
2: And a very familiar name in pro victory lane both days in Jacques Villeneuve, uh, Formula One great, an Indy 500 champion. He has done so much in open-wheel competition, uh, made the move to stock cars just a couple of years ago and, and found the checkered flag not once but twice. And uh, hearing we might see him in the stock car in the States here in the coming uh, in the coming years. So we'll see. Uh, as uh, I think Loris Heisman uh, in with a, a new cup team here in a couple of years, looking to run part-time next year. And then, you know, we'll see where that takes them years down the road. The NASCAR Wheel and Euro Series also announcing their calendar for next year. It'll open up on April 9th and 10th in Germany. Uh, Six race weekends. For the first time, they're going to have a summer all-star race in Italy. Uh, Details are forthcoming. Also a new event called the Winter Classic. Details forthcoming. They'll uh, round out the uh, the year in Croatia on October 29th and 30th for the NASCAR Wheel and Euro Series, a, a division that seems to grow each and every year. Great car count this past weekend, and we expect more teams to uh, to join the program for next season.
1: Yeah, the Arkham and Ard Series announced their 2022 schedule as well. They had hinted at the East and the West schedules uh, coming in the next week or so as well. For the TARCA 2022 schedule, 20 races consisting of 19 different tracks. Of course, they usually kick it off. Per usual, February 19th at Daytona. That championship race, though, is being moved. It was at Kansas this year. It is back at Toledo, so they will wrap their season up on October 8th. And some dates have been dropped, Kyle, for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Only a few so far that we know, but those, the return for the Modifieds to Langley, on april 23rd first time they've been there since 2018 and three riverhead dates are on the schedule
2: and and that's kind of what we've seen the last couple of years with riverhead raceway on long island in new york Uh, usually that track and thompson had hosted two to three a year uh riverhead main retaining uh those three dates thompson back on the schedule next year that was announced a couple of weeks ago they're going to run a single event Next August. So, uh, yeah slowly but surely, uh, dates becoming uh, available on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. Look forward to seeing the full schedule here when it's released. We probably believe in the next week or so.
1: Well, we look forward to having hopefully our ARCA West champion here on NASCAR Coast to Coast next week, as of course we just put the crown on the top of the series, the season, and NASCAR Coast to Coast, our final episode next week. So, we'll talk to the champion next week. Look forward to it. Congratulations once again to Ty Gibbs on his Arca Menard Series champion. I'm Hannah Newhouse for Power Racing and producers Craig Moore. We'll see you guys next week here on the Motor Racing Network.